0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at EDC Under Calvin. Find the podcast on YouTube at the Dynasty After Dark YouTube channel or on. Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you guys for joining me. Sorry, I didn't get this out to you guys yesterday or two days ago. I was really I didn't realize how busy I was going to be Saturday all day, so I just did not have time to recap it. And you know, at that point, we had pretty much all of rounds four, five, and four, five, six, and seven wrapped up. So I figured I would just recap both day two and day three in one video for you guys. You guys can just you know, digest all of it together. So if you haven't heard yet, Friday, I gave a quick round one recap from, and kind of my thoughts on the the breakdown of the players from round one. A lot of dynasty relevant players that went in round one, but yeah, today's going to be the rest of them pretty much. And, you know, the one thing I've heard a lot of since the end of the NFL draft was that this class was super hyped and super exciting. Now everyone's really down on it. And, you know, just after day one and day two, I did my rankings. I updated all my rankings and everything um, already. I haven't gotten the day three picks built into it just yet, but I'll have that here in the next couple of days because tomorrow I'm going to be coming out with some rankings going through the quarterbacks given our final post-draft rankings for these rookies running backs uh we'll probably do quarterbacks and running backs tomorrow receivers and tight ends on wednesday and then on thursday a mock draft of round one maybe round two for you guys um, just so you guys can kind of see how i would value these guys overall in superflex leagues. so i will have those guys here shortly but just in rounds. two in rounds one through three, I still have about 22 players, I think, um, as of right now, that I like with those picks, that I like as a value. Now, the one downside is I do feel like there's a lot of risk associated with a lot of these players. There's a lot of upside and potential, and there's no clear-cut winner, but I think that's where Dynasty's at its best, because if you're listening to me, you know, I think that for the most part, I have a pretty good edge versus consensus in most dynasty picks. I was really high on Antonio Gibson for the time being, for example, and you know, Antonio Gibson hasn't turned out to be a superstar, but his value went from fourth round, third round pick to first rounder in a lot of leagues. And that's kind of what we're hoping to get with a lot of these guys. You're not necessarily hoping to have the next Christian McCaffrey. Now it would be nice, but you know, you're looking for those guys that are going to either immediately return on value or, you know, with a bunch of upside and everything like that, or they're guys that will be very, very good long term, right? So that's why I like this draft a lot more, but I can see why people are a little down. There's not as many superstars in this draft as in years past, but I think that the overreactions that we're seeing on Twitter right now are massively overblown. So Buckle up. Thank you guys for joining me here today, and we will be jumping into the quarterbacks first here today. So going through rounds two and three, starting with the quarterbacks. All right, so quarterbacks. I already talked about the three guys that went in round one, and after that, there's really only a couple guys that are interesting for fantasy football. It was crazy. I I think there was a stat that came out Um, There was more picks used on quarterbacks in the mid rounds, like the three, four, five than any years in the past. And basically everyone is thanking uh, Blake uh, Purdy for it, Brock Purdy for it because he was Mr. Irrelevant. The last pick in last year's draft turned into a superstar. Now everyone is taking a shot on a quarterback in the middle rounds here, even if you don't really need to, but yeah, we'll see if any of these guys can develop for me for fantasy there's really only six guys that I'm still interested in. I talked about the first 3 yesterday. I do have those guys kind of in their own tiers, and Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. But Will Levis finally did go off the board. Supposedly, the Tennessee Titans were trying to trade up into round 1 the last couple of picks there from um 30 instead of trading up to 33, they ultimately did trade up to 33 uh with Arizona, I believe. Um And they got their guy, they got Will Levis. And I do like this landing spot for Will Levis. He gets to sit behind Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's kind of had an up-and-down career in the NFL. And now he gets to, you know, mentor Will Levis a little bit. And it didn't work out. Everyone's kind of saying, oh, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. But they're two different kind of skill sets. And I do think that Will Levis, (laughs) we've almost gotten to the point where the, the hate on Will Levis is too strong at this point and i do believe that in a superflex league he should still be like a, a top round 2 player but that feels about where his value is and always has been when he was talked about as like a top 4 dynasty pick that's when we were getting a little crazy now i think he's much better valued in the upper second round and i think that's where your kind of potent your your upside long term is definitely going to went out there. So I do like Will Levis in the second round. Um I do have him in a tier with Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker, he was a round later. He went to the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions had a really, really random draft. And as much as I like Hendon Hooker, I do understand that there's risk associated with this guy going in round three there's the potential, you know, there's all these third round or later guys, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that have come out from the later rounds. And I think Hennon Hooker could be that guy, but he sent behind Jared Goff, which is a great spot for him to land. I, this was ultimately where I wanted him to go. But the fact that he went in the third round, I think he was the fifth pick by the Detroit lions, which does concern me a little bit. You know, he's the older, he's got the ACL injury. So Maybe that pushed him down the board enough that he could fall to 68 in the third round. But yeah, it just does make me a little nervous about this guy. I do think that he should still be a second round pick and I don't think it's really going to impact his value. I, I've talked about this for months. I always thought and Hooker would be around like 2.6 to 2.10, somewhere in that range in a super flex league. And I think that's ultimately where he should go now post draft. And you know, again, I think that you're buying in the upside of and Hooker. He's one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class, in my personal opinion. Fell a little bit later than I'd like, but is in a great landing spot. So you'll love to see that. Have him in a tier with Will Levis, but I would definitely take Will Levis above him because I think there's a little bit less risk with Will Levis at this point in time. Now, there's the long-term risk of will he ultimately flame out of the league. I have no idea, but I do like him um, short-term. compared He has better potential starting ability than someone like a Hendon Hooker. And then the last guy I want to talk about for fantasy football is going to be Stetson Bennett. Went to the Los Angeles Rams in round four. I do like that quite a bit. And, you know, Stetson Bennett has a very real possibility here because we saw last year, Matt Stafford was not able to stay healthy. He's had injuries a lot in his career and he's always been a a warrior and been able to play through it. But, you know, this, the end is coming for Matt Stafford and Stetson Bennett is a good quarterback he's tiny he's 5'11 192 but and he's older right he's 25 years old but you know i was talking about this with Dale months ago teams like winners and i think Stetson Bennett is a winner and pairing him with Sean Payton will be interesting to see how that ultimately plays out so I like Stenson Bennett. I'd be willing to take a late, late second round stab at him just because I don't love a lot of the other options there. But, you know, maybe he falls into third and in a super flex league. That's pretty good value in my opinion. So that's the quarterback position. Again, we'll be giving the final rankings with all these guys here in the next couple of days. But wanted to touch on those guys and some context around them. Now, switching over to the running back position, And I am tracking this on Spotrack if you are watching on YouTube. So make sure you go check it out. I did like theirs the most. It's got the contract value as well, which is kind of interesting, how much all these guys are getting paid. Now, again, we talked about Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Ultimately, Jameer Gibbs is looking a lot better. They traded DeAndre Swift the next day to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to put out a video probably next week on that one once I've had a little bit more time to process that. I love that for both parties, to be honest. I I just don't think the coaching staff really like DeAndre Swift. Now, yeah, Jameer Gibbs definitely has a very high ceiling potential with this roster. Now, here's where it really starts to go off the rails is the first first pick um, on day two that was a running back was Zach Charbonnet, number 52 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh man, Charbonnet was my running back number three going into the draft and post-draft. I just, I still have not wrapped my mind around how to feel about this guy right now because Seattle, second round pick, great, you know, great landing spot. Well, not a great landing spot, but it's a great team for him to land on, if that makes sense. And it's great draft capital, second round pick, only second round running back in this year's draft class. But here's the problem. They also have Kenneth Walker there, who they took in the second round last year. Now, ultimately, you know, they always talk about, oh, these guys are going to be cohesive in the backfield and everything. But you look at Zach Charbonnet and he looks at Kenneth Walker and he says, that guy is stopping me from getting a second contract. There is a competition between these guys that nobody really ever wants to acknowledge. And Zach Charbonnet is a good runner. I think Kenneth Walker ultimately is a little bit better of a runner. But yeah, it's. It's tough. We'll see how he ultimately falls in my final rankings. And I've seen him going all over in rookie drafts right now. Some people still have him as a late first round pick and you know, even in super flex leagues, a lot of people still have him in a late second round in super flex leagues. And then a lot of people have him in the early second. So, you know, ultimately I have no idea where his consensus draft spot is going to land. But the talent is still definitely there. Mm -hmm. Landing spot is a little bit more concerning, though. Now, number two guy here drafted on day three, Kendra Miller, 71 overall to New Orleans Saints. I've been high on Kendra Miller for a long, long time. Dude is electric. He's Alvin Kamara light, essentially. And with Alvin Kamara having a suspension ultimately coming down this year, I think this is huge for Kendra Miller. I think Kendra Miller is extremely good. I originally had him as my RB3 in this draft class. I ultimately bumped him right behind, you know, 3B to Zach Charbonnet, and these two were back-to-back in my rankings, and it's ironic that they went back-to-back in the NFL draft, back-to-back running back picks anyway. Kendry Miller is an explosive guy. This offense needs weapons, and I think Kendry Miller is the perfect fit. He's got size 5'11", 215, and he is extremely young. He's only 20 years old, and he's a, he was a junior this last year at TCU. Very good player. I think this is ultimately amazing for him. It sucks for me because I was hoping to be able to get Kendry Miller in a lot of the second rounds of my rookie draft. I think this is gonna vault him up pretty highly. There's not a lot of great landing spots for these guys, but Kendre Miller going to New Orleans is a very good landing spot there. Now, Tajay Spears went right after him to Tennessee. Um, this was interesting. Tajay Spears, 5'10", 201. He's a little bit smaller guy. Ironic when you have Derrick Henry, who's like the biggest back in the NFL. Now you have one of the smallest backs as his running mate. Don't let them take a picture of you guys next to each other. That's my only word of advice. You're going to look like a very small, small human when you when you do that. There's that famous picture from a couple of years ago. I forget the, the running back's name at the time. But yeah, they, it's going to be a very big <laughs> disparity between these two. But Tajay Spears is a good player, and he got very good draft capital. The only downside, I found this out, is Tajay Spears has no ACL in one of his knees, and there's a report that came out that um, another F- Hall of Fame ha- player, Heinz Ward, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for I think his entire career or most of his career, um, he actually played his entire career with no ACL on one of his knees, which is just wild. I guess you never have to worry about that tearing long-term, but at the same time, they say that it's possible. Very few athletes can play without an ACL, but it's extremely difficult, right? You have to... The precautions that they have to take and, you know, the the additional rest and things like that is going to be interesting. But, man, I do love this landing spot. And let's say they do move on from Derrick Henry. I doubt they're going to do that at this point in time. But let's say they do. Hassan Haskins and Tajay Spears is a very capable backfield. Like, I, I like that a lot. I like this long-term. I think that Tennessee's doing a good job of kind of retooling for the future because they have a lot of aging guys on this roster. And, you know, I forget the G- new GM's name, Rand Carthon, I think is maybe it, but he's coming in and he's getting a lot of youth there at the key positions, and I like that a lot. Now, right after him, three picks later, was Devin Achane to the Miami Dolphins. This is one that people had pegged almost the entire time. Achain is extremely quick, but he's extremely tiny, 5'8", 188. He's going to basically play the Raheem Mostert role for this offense. Now, for Dynasty, I think people are going to overdraft him quite heavily, and, you know... That's fine with me, but I'm not going to overdraft this guy. I still think that he should be a late second-round pick because you're not going to ever be able to, one, predict when he's going to be good, or two, rely on him on a week-to-week basis. So that's kind of concerning to me, and I get it. Devon Ochain is very, very talented. He's very explosive in the college scene, but he's very tiny when it comes to an actual NFL field. He's quick, I get it, but he's not someone that you're going to be able to trust for 15 to 20 touches every single game. He's going to be looking at maybe double digits, maybe if he's lucky. You're talking like seven, eight, nine touches probably realistically every single game, and that's just not enough for fantasy football. So I think it's a good real-life pick for the team, but... Yeah, I'm not loving it for fantasy football. I think people are going to boost him up because of the lack of running backs taken in the top three rounds, and that's fine by me. Now, one guy that went right after him, four picks later to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tank Bigsby. I actually love this quite a bit. Six foot 210, 21 years old. Perfect compliment to Travis Etienne on this roster. And, you know, if I'm ranking these guys, I think right now Tank Bigsby is my RB5 in this draft class. I love this landing spot quite a bit. The fact that they took him to in the third round gave him that draft capital and basically saying, you know, Travis Etienne is a little bit tinier. He's, you know, not the power type of runner that Tank Bigsby can be, you know, with a name like Tank, you expect him to be a tough runner, but he plays a little bit smoother. You know, he's not really a power guy necessarily, but he's got more power to his game than Travis Etienne does. And you know, I think that Tank Bigsby is going to be more of a goal line guy, more of a short yardage type of player, where Etienne is more of a pass catcher. And I mean, it's it's uh it's um Doug Peterson. So you know he's gonna have a committee there, but that doesn't mean they can't be good for fantasy football. So mid second round pick, maybe even an early second round pick for Tank Bigsby, and I'm all about it. I love that quite a bit. I think I'd still rather have Tajay Spears than Tank Bigsby. As of right now, I'd have him one spot over, but yeah, I could see, I'm still kind of working through that, and you know, I like Tank Bigsby quite a bit. Round four, Roshan Johnson, and um, he went to the Chicago Bears, only fourth rounder. I do like this a lot, but here's the one thing. People are going to be very high on Roshan Johnson, and you just have to go into it with a little bit of hesitation, right? People are going to say, oh, well, he never got an opportunity because he was behind Bijan John Robinson the entire time. Yeah, but, I mean, even when he was out there, yes, he was very efficient, but it was very, very few touches. He had very limited touches in Texas, and that's not saying he's a bad player. He might be a massive steal for the Chicago Bears, but I just don't know for a fact and if he's gonna get vaulted up very high above some of these other guys, like I'm definitely even still taking Zach Charbonnet over him, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, all these guys. If people, if he vaults up over those guys, I'm definitely out on him because I just cannot trust the projection, right? He is a big dude though, six foot two nineteen. So there's some potential there. He fits well with a Khalil Herbert backfield, but they do also have DeAndre For- or Deonta Foreman from Carolina and the Texans for all those years um, who's looked really good ever since he came back from his Achilles tear a couple of years ago. So there's a tough road for Roshan Johnson to get to the field but there is some potential here. There's definitely some potential. Now I'm just going to hit a couple guys here as we go through. Um, the biggest guys you know Izzy Ab- Abanaconda one of my favorite pre-draft Round five draft capital to the Jets. This is probably a killer for his fantasy value. I just don't really see much potential for fantasy points. He's behind Brees Hall. Michael Carter's still there. And I mean, fifth round, it's just it's nothing to invest in. I really liked him. I was hoping he'd go a little bit higher. Um, it's unfortunate. Maybe a third round pick. You can stash him late in your leagues, but there's a, a real chance that he's able to beat out Michael, Michael Carter. He's a little bit more explosive than Michael Carter is in my opinion. And I love Michael Carter, but yeah, this eh, man, I wish it would have gone to another. I wish he would have gone to the next team, Chase Brown to the Cincinnati Bengals. I do like this as a handcuff. Joe Mixon is probably one of the biggest winners for this NFL draft. He had the only person that they took, you know, they, there's all this talk about a running back, running back, running back. They took Chase Brown in the fifth round. That's the only guy that they got for this entire offense. So, um, you know, not a ton of uh, value there for these guys, but he could be an interesting backup for this team. Worth taking a stab on in the third round of your rookie drafts. Eric Gray, don't really love the talent. People are really high on him, but with Saquon Barkley's contract dilemma, maybe worth stashing pretty later. Um, Evan Hall, nothing special there. Um, and then the other guys, you know, Chase Rodriguez, nothing special there. Deuce Vaughn going to Dallas is a little interesting. His dad is the player scout, but Deuce Vaughn, 5'5", five, five, 176. He's a thick boy. He's very, very quick. <sighs> is he going to have any long-term value? I don't know. I doubt it. You know, you can't really survive at that size in the NFL. But then the last guy here that is really worth anything, the, la- the seventh rounders, n- just don't even, don't even worry about him. Um, Zach Evans running back who was very highly touted pre-draft by a lot of people. A lot of people had him as their RB2 behind, um, Bijan Robinson. And it's just, yeah, it did not work out that well for him, but he went in the sixth round to the Los Angeles Rams. There is some potential. Now I will acknowledge that there is the potential for him to be the, the backup to Cam Akers. Cam Akers is a huge winner from this, this draft as well. The fact that the Rams only took Zach Evans in round six is huge. That is just massive for Cam Akers. That means that they do kind of believe in him a little bit. Zach Evans has the road ahead of him that he can become the backup to Cam Akers. Maybe even supplant Cam Akers. But Cam Akers is a lot more talented, in my opinion, than Zach Evans is. But it's just funny to me, all the people who are talking about well, any day three running back you just can't really rely on him for fantasy, well, Zach Evans went to the rams he he has a lot of upside. It's like guys we gotta we gotta have one coherent message come on let's let's uh you know Zach Evans, there is upside, I admit that, but you know you can't say that about day three picks that they're all terrible except oh except Zach Evans, oh except this guy that I like, you guys gotta be consistent. I've never said draft capital is the end-all be-all. I'm still willing to bet on a Roshan Johnson, for example, take a shot on him, but I'm just not trusting him long-term, right? There's a difference. A lot of people are still trusting in Zach Evans long-term, and I just think it's a little uh, a little hypocritical. It's all, uh, that's all I'll say there. So, Running backs, there's still a lot of value, I think, in this draft class. You know, I I talked about it. There's six guys in the first two rounds, at least, that I would be willing to take. Roshan Johnson, I could see taking at the end of the second, maybe even Devin a chain. Um, But other than that, there's none of these other guys that I'm really willing to take in the in the top two rounds. Round three, four, you know, you got a couple stabs there. Zach Evans, I'd probably be willing to bet on Zach Evans behind like a Chase Brown, Chase Brown, then Zach Evans, in my opinion. But yeah, there's uh, there's potential, but there's depth, but elite guys, it's a little bit more risky. All right, now switching over to the wide receivers here, and man, we already talked about them a little bit here, but in round one, you know, go back and listen to my thoughts on those guys. Four straight wide receivers, which was crazy. Followed up with Jonathan Mingo as the first wide receiver to go off the board to Carolina at 39. Now, a lot of people were really high on Jonathan Mingo going into the draft. He's got size, he's 6'2, 225. But, and I just, I did not love his tape from Mississippi. Um, I'm willing to take a stab on him in the second round, but I do not trust it whatsoever. You know, like, I think he's going to get massively overinflated because. Carolina, I mean, they don't have a lot of options. They've got Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Terrace Marshall the third, Terrace Marshall Jr.? I don't remember his actual uh, surname there. But, yeah, there's a lot of potential value for Jonathan Mingo in Carolina. But, man, I think he's going to get boosted way too highly. Him and another guy that we're going to talk about here in just one minute. Now, Jaden Reed went at 50 to Green Bay. People, I've also heard this guy going in the end of the first round for a lot of guys. And I'm just, I'm not there. He's six foot 185, but I mean, they've got Christian Watson. We've got Jordan Love, who we have no idea who he's going to like. And just because he's a second round player, I mean, I think Romeo Dobbs is still more talented than Jaden Reed. So, you know, I don't really love this. And then the fact that they took double tight ends in this draft, which we'll get to here in a little bit. I don't think there's a lot of uh, potential here for, for Mr., um, for Mr. Reed here. So don't get, don't let the hype of second round draft capital suck you in too much with him or this next guy, Rasheed Rice. I like Rasheed Rice. I've been talking about him for a long time. He's from SMU. He played nobodies. He's 23 years old. He was a senior at SMU. He's older. And the fact that the Chiefs traded up to get him in the second round means nothing. This wide receiver core is just, it's just stacked right like the Chiefs have a ton of guys and I don't think any of them are going to be fancy relevant if anybody I'm taking a shot on Sky more right now more than anything else but yeah I don't think Rasheed Rice has that much upside he's six foot one 204 so he's not small by any means he's got solid size to him but yeah I I think he's going to be Sky more from last year where people are going to draft him just because of the landing spot ahead of other people Again, don't fall on that landmine. He wasn't that high of a prospect pre draft just because he went to a good landing spot. This is Clyde Edwards Alaire all over again, right? Just because he went to the Chiefs doesn't make him good for fantasy football. So don't get trapped by that. Denver takes Marvin Mims. I love this pick. I love Marvin Mims. Um, He's someone that really rose up my board pre draft. And, you know, he's somebody that I've been watching for a long time. He's smaller. He's 5'11", 183, but he's quick, man. And he played for Oklahoma, so we've seen him do it against elite offenses. Basically, what this has confirmed from a lot of sources out there is that either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy are going to be moved before the NFL season, probably here in the next month or so. Maybe not, but you know, even if, if not, K.J. Hamler just has not worked out for the NFL I think there's a lot of potential long-term value for Marvin Mims. The fact that he was invested in by Sean Payton means a lot. So um, yeah, I like Marvin Mims quite a bit to Denver. Tank Dell to Houston, man. <laughs> this guy, oh my gosh, this it's funny. Like one, he's a senior, right? He's he's 23 years old from Houston, so he's a local guy. Five foot eight, one sixty-five. What are we doing here, guys? I've seen a lot of people saying this is a great pick. I don't even think this is the best wide receiver that the Houston Texans drafted. It took Xavier Hutchinson in the sixth round. And I think that he's much, much better than the, uh, than the, the midget in tank tell that they drafted in the third. So, you know, again, I'm not willing to take him before the third round of my rookie drafts. Then maybe I will be willing to take an upside shot on him. But Yeah, I don't love that pick as well. Jalen Hyatt is another guy who I liked a lot pre-draft, but this landing spot stinks, man. There there are just so many slot guys on this team, and I don't think that they're completely out of the market yet in the wide receiver room, all the the links to Jerry Judy um, and Cortland Sutton, for example. And yeah, I don't think that they're going to be relying on Jalen Hyatt for fantasy value. Now, there's potential that he can have a couple plays here and there, and they are really building this offense out for a quarterback, whether that's Daniel Jones or not long-term. But, yeah, D- Jalen Hyatt, I just don't trust him for fantasy or the foreseeable future. I think that he's another draft trap, essentially. There's a lot of those guys in this year's draft class that I think are, are traps, essentially. And, yeah, it's it's a little... Uh, A little scary for me. Cedric Tillman to the Cleveland Browns. I like this a lot. Now, this is kind of sneaky because I think that a lot of people are going to see this and they're going to say, oh, he got buried. You know, DPJ is in front of him, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They got Elijah Moore, um, Amari Cooper. And I think that this pick is a preparation for post Amari Cooper. Um, I think they're going to be moving on from Amari Cooper after this year. I think that's when his contract expires. So they're looking at this long-term and I like that a lot. I like Cedric Tillman. He's a possession type of wide receiver. He fits the Amari Cooper role pretty well. He needs to work on his route running a little bit in my opinion, but... I think there's a lot of long-term potential there, but I think people are going to, and we don't have a consensus yet, but I think people are going to push him down boards a lot, and I'm not going to budge. Long-term, I like this landing spot a lot, especially with someone like a Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, Cedric Tillman has a lot of potential there that I think is going to be unrealized. Josh Downs with Indianapolis. Oh man, this is a tough one for me and we'll see how it ultimately ranks out. He's a very good athlete and he's a very Chris Ballard, you know, box checker for for athletic measurables, but the fact that he's going to Indy to play the slot, this offense now consists of Michael Pittman Jr. um, as the primary kind of move weapon, Alec Pierce as the downfield threat, and then Josh Downs in the slot. It's not bad, it's not elite, you know, it could be a little bit better, but it's with Anthony Richardson, who's got accuracy issues, right? Maybe he can fix those long-term, but I don't really want the slot guy for an inaccurate quarterback. That's kind of the, the one risk there. So, it's a, again, it's, it's kind of a risk there, where I'd probably be willing to take him in the third. Second round seems a little rich as of now for me. Michael Wilson out of Stanford to Arizona. I like this one a little bit as well. I think this one's a little sneaky. This is, a again, a DeAndre Hopkins replacement long-term. I don't think Hopkins is going to be on this team come start of the season. So I think that there's some potential for Michael Wilson long-term, but he's not going to have any time to work with Kyler this entire offseason. So, again, you're you're investing in this guy for 2024 and beyond, which is something that, you know, Third round, fourth round, of your rookie drafts, maybe, but for that, I'm out on that. Um, Trey Tucker to Las Vegas is the last third round pick, and a lot of people are talking, he's not even the best wide receiver on his own team. Tyler Scott, who went to the Bears in the fourth round, is actually the better guy. So people saying that the, the Raiders kind of missed on this one pretty heavily. He's a small guy too, 5'9", 182. Another slot guy for this offense, and I just don't think they needed him. They have um hunter renfro they brought in jacoby myers and then they have Devonte adams so don't really care about this pick for fantasy football now the rest of the guys again tyler scott is someone that i'm a little interested in he went in round four to the uh chicago bears there's some potential here i like this guy this guy is a little quicker you know he's more of a um oh who's the the guy on the outside for this team Oh, Darnell Mooney. He's more of a Darnell Mooney type of player than a Chase Claypool. So we'll see how that ultimately pans out. But yeah, there was a lot of guys that went in round six. You know, Parker Washington to Jacksonville. Like the talent. He's kind of a Debo type of player. Keyshawn Boutte to the New England Patriots. A lot of upside on Keyshawn Boutte. You know, if the attitude off the field stuff can get worked on, then there's some potential here long-term um, but again I think there's a lot of risk there as well Xavier Hutchinson I talked about him already went to Houston in round six love this guy I was hoping to get day two draft capital I'm still I'm still willing to bet on him before tank Dell but yeah I do not want to invest in in tank Dell at all I think Xavier Hutchinson honestly has the potential to be the best wide receiver behind Robert Woods on this entire team He's very good as a possession type of wide receiver, but you know, there is some some risk there with him being a day three pick. So, you know, proceed at your own risks. AT Perry to New Orleans, again, a big guy, six foot five, two oh five from Wake Forest, quick guy, I think, if you remember the, the combine, but um yeah, nothing there. Nothing, nothing great with it being a, a day three pick. And then, yeah, nothing again in the seventh round is really noteworthy for fantasy football. So Trey Palmer is the only other guy I'd, I'd probably mention here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the sixth round. Again, I thought they were going to... I, I made a bold prediction that they were going to take a guy in the first, but they ultimately went Kalijah Cansey with that pick instead. Trey Palmer is someone that was rising up people's draft boards at the end of the, the push there before the draft, but there's some potential here. Um after post Mike Evans, there's they'll have a need for a, a bigger kind of speedy guy on the outside and I think that's where Trey Palmer could slot in long term but you know again as a six round pick the it's a it's a tough road ahead of these guys there so the ultimate rankings for these guys will be coming out later this week so make sure you guys come back for that but here's my initial thoughts on these guys here. All right, now the last position we're going to talk about is tight end, and we already talked about Dalton Kincaid going to the Buffalo Bills in round one. I'm not the biggest fan of this. A lot of people are trying to justify this pick. Oh, he's going to play on the field all the time as a slot wide receiver, but he's not. He's a. He, I don't think that's what they're going to use him as. Like I just don't. Every every time people try to to predict how Buffalo is going to use players, they're wrong every single time except for Stefan Diggs who filled the hole that they needed him to fill they have Dawson Knox they just paid Dawson Knox a ton of money maybe they're going to use these guys in two tight end sets but I just I don't believe it and I don't think this guy is as good as people were hyping him up to be in the run up to the draft. So um, go listen to my thoughts on Dalton Kincaid in round one, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm a little nervous about this pick. Now the Lions took Sam Laporta early in round two, pick number 34 overall. Now I love Sam Laporta. I was surprised they would do this because DJ Hawkinson was an Iowa tight end. Sam Laporta also an Iowa tight end. Uh, Iowa is just tight end university right now. They produce really good tight ends. This guy's four, two 245, so he's pretty solid size there. Now, he went one pick in front of Michael Mayer to the Raiders. I think I'd still rather have Michael Mayer, personally, for fancy football, but dang, this is a good draft spot. Now, I did hear reports that Michael Mayer for the NFL combine, cut down a ton of weight, right? Because he weighed in only four pounds heavier than Sam Laporta. They're the same height, you know, six foot four, but Michael Mayer was 249. Supposedly he cut down about 10 pounds. Like he's usually around 260. And the problem is he cut down all that weight, but ran about as fast as people expected him to run pre, um, pre combine, right? So his athletic scores are shot because of that because he ran a slower 40 for a 249 guy but in reality he's used to running at 260 so you know you would think that cutting down all that weight would help him but obviously didn't help him on on the combine Piece, But, you know, you you bump his weight up to 250 or uh, 260 with the same combine time. And he's a much better athlete with that weight. So if that's true, you might be getting a massive steal in Michael Mayer here. Again, Las Vegas, they had a weird draft. Again, they took some guys that I don't really love in this one. But I do love them getting Michael Mayer. And you get to pair him with Josh, uh, Josh McDaniel. So it's going to be a good combination for fantasy football. I'm probably not taking him in the first round, though. Uh, Even tight end premium, I just don't want to invest in these guys. I don't think he's going to have a clear route to fantasy production in year one. Same with Sam Laporta. I think they're going to be on the field a lot. I just don't think they're going to be prioritized in the offense early on. So that's my thought on these two guys. Luke Musgrave and uh, Tucker Craft went to the Green Bay Packers in round two and round three which is ironic. Um, I was talking about this a little bit, uh, or I was thinking through this and talking about this a little bit with Dale this weekend. Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft in my pre-draft rankings were back-to-back as well. Now they're both on the Green Bay Packers, so I have no idea what to do with those guys. Um, So yeah, that's fun for Green Bay. They get two very athletic tight ends, but now for fantasy, they're both kind of worthless there. Dallas takes Luke Schoenmaker, who's a blocking tight end, which is one of the weirdest picks ever. I think uh, they got sniped with the Michael Mayer draft. No, 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 no. Darnell Washington. The Pittsburgh Steelers traded up one spot. No, maybe it was uh, it was Michael Mayer. Sorry, I, I apologize. It was Michael Mayer. They traded right up in front of the <laughs> the Cowboys again to go get them. Um, and yeah, fun times. Cowboys cannot get a tight end that they love because they just keep getting sniped. But you know, it is what it is. Luke Shoemaker. Blocking tight end. Don't really love the tight ends for Dallas going forward. Brendan Strange for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, he's more of a blocking tight end. He's not really a pass catcher. You know, weird pick by them. They have Evan Ingram, so maybe they're trying to find a pairing with him that is complementary. there. Tucker Craft went to Green Bay. We talked about him a little bit there. Darnell Washington went to Pittsburgh in round three. And this one hurt a little bit because... I was really hoping that Darnell Washington would get first round draft hype. and he falls ultimately to tight end number eight um, in this draft class, and that is crazy to me because he was such an athletic monster, right? Six foot seven, two sixty four, and he ran such a fast forty. I think it was two. It was a four seven forty with a massive vert, massive broad jump, like very athletic guy, and goes to Pittsburgh where he gets to play with. Pat Fryermuth, and yeah, it's kind of an interesting situation. He is such a good blocker, so I don't hate this for Pittsburgh. I just don't like it for Darnell Washington's fantasy production. Cameron Latu went to the San Francisco 49ers uh, in round three as well. I like this guy a decent amount. He's got good hands, but we'll see. Again, I'm not investing anything for fantasy football on him. Darnell Washington, I don't even think I'd be willing to take him in the second round anymore, even in tight end premium leagues. I just don't see the path to upside for him. This roster is pretty loaded right now for all the weapons that they do have. And I think he's going to be used primarily as a blocker, just like he was with Georgia. Um, Will Mallory is the only other, and Zach Koontz, these two guys I'd like to just touch on quickly. Um, there's a lot of blocking type of tight ends that went later on in the in rounds 5 and 7. Nothing really worth uh, noting on there. But Will Mallory does have a little bit of upside. Indy just cannot help themselves from drafting upside pass catching tight ends that they never really actually utilize. We'll see if uh, Jelani Woods can make the field and, and be utilized a little bit better there. But just somebody to kind of maybe think about stashing later on in your rookie drafts. And then Zach Koontz in round seven, I am shocked that this guy, again, you know, him and and Darnell Washington, these two, Zach Koontz had an athletic score of 10 out of 10. Like, he was the perfect athlete. He had no production, though, at Old Dominion, but man, you think that some of these guys would be willing to take a stab on him sooner and just see what you could get from him earlier on than round seven, but going to the Jets is not a terrible situation long-term, you know, there is a little bit of a weakness there long-term. They have CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin right now, but those guys are a little bit older and, you know, there's the potential that these guys could replace them long-term Um, with Zach Koontz and, and who they, Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state last year is who they drafted, I think in round three. So potential, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not betting on it too much there. So, That is the round two and round three recap. Hit all the the primary positions. It was a good draft. Ultimately, again, I was a little surprised by the lack of player trades. DeAndre Swift going um, to the Eagles was a massive one. Again, I think I'm going to try and put out a Swift video here in the next couple of days and just give my thoughts on that and how to value him for your dynasty leagues. I'm glad to see that the... I, I will say I respect the hell out of the Detroit Lions for not holding DeAndre Swift hostage. There's so many of these guys in the league right now where the teams just refuse to let him go for no reason, like literally no reason. For example, Denzel Mims, he's still a New York Jet. He requested a trade three years ago and they just refused to cut him or play him. Like what are we doing here, man? Like what? Why are we holding these players hostages? You don't want to use them. They don't want to be there. So just get rid of them. Do something. Find some way to get. Like they, I don't remember what the pick they got for DeAndre Swift, but it wasn't a high one. So just, I think it was a third round pick in 2024. So you know, let these guys go, man. Trey Lance, for example, with the the Niners, he doesn't want to be there. You guys don't want to play and You want to go with Brock Purdy. Why are we just stashing these guys? I, I don't understand that from some of these NFL teams. But you know, so I do respect Detroit for letting Swift get out of there and go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, that was crazy. That was uh I'm surprised they let that happen, but DeAndre Swift, he's uh he's an explosive player, so fantasy value definitely still there. So um, yeah, I'll be putting out a video there, but thank you guys for joining me for this day two and day three recap. Again, we have the final rankings for these guys post-draft coming out later this week. Make sure you guys come back then. Until then, follow me on Twitter at TDC underscore underscore Calvin. You can find my co-host Dale at Twitter on dynasty underscore Dale. Hit us up on YouTube, leave any likes, comments, subscriptions, anything to help us out with the algorithm. And tell the podcast to one of your friends, which are trying to grow all off-season. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Have a good night.